0: Welcome to the Parenting Well podcast with Parent Engagement Network. I'm Dr. Shelley Mann, your host, and today you're listening to Parenting Well, where we know that Parenting Well is challenging and that all parents are the best parents they know how to be. We firmly believe that the foundation for raising healthy, happy youth is for us as parents to fill our own well with useful, reliable, credible information tools and strategies. This leaves us more engaged, educated, and empowered to support our children in being strong, resourceful, confident and resilient in the face of life's many challenges and adventures. So let's fill that well. Today's well source is Nina Cruz. Nina is a certified conscious parenting coach, social worker and meditation teacher who's made it her mission to support parents through shifting archaic parental paradigms, many of which contribute to increased stress, anxiety, overwhelm and feelings of disconnection for themselves their partners, and their children. Her approach to coaching revolves around trauma-informed care that puts others at ease, providing a safe space for everyone to facilitate their individual healing and growth. So welcome.
1: Thank you, Shelley. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and I love your Parenting World podcast and what it entails.
0: Awesome. We're so glad to have you. And I really feel like a lot of what you do is so in sync with the kind of work we do at Penn. So I'm excited to hear the things you're going to share with our our parents and our people who work with young people. So um, since you are a conscious parenting coach, why don't we start by just letting our listeners know a little bit about what that means and what the benefit of that is to parents and their children?
1: Yeah, well, conscious parenting is is basically the opposite of most mainstream parenting uh, ways or frameworks. Uh, Conscious parenting flips the model of uh, the hierarchical model. So it flips it on its head and basically our children and all parents are on the same level playing field. So we're learning from our children just as much as they're learning from us. There's not that control-based parenting, and and we'll, we'll probably chat on control later on, so yeah, conscious parenting really is about the parent's awareness. So consciousness is awareness, bringing awareness to what's actually going on for the parent. Conscious parenting is not about the child, and not about fixing, changing, improving the child. It's about starting to understand what's going on for the parent. So it's not about the child's behavior, but about the parent taking responsibility for themselves and looking in the mirror and becoming aware of what's actually going on for them. They're like messengers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not always an easy message. (laughs) (laughs) Not always, yeah. Yeah, so definitely, let's talk a little bit
0: about that control because I think that for parents, one of the hardest things to do is to find that balance between um, feeling like you have to keep your child safe Make sure Mm -hmm. you're teaching your child how to function and navigate their way through the world. And at the same time, give them enough freedom and flexibility to develop independence and make their Mm -hmm. own decisions so they can become adults. How do we
1: get to that place? Yeah, great question. Well, control is a fear-based energy. So when we come at control, it's a scarcity kind of energy. So when we want to be with our children and show them and teach them certain things, Mind you, what you will will uncover today is that they're teaching us way more than what we could ever teach them. Um, We, the parents, um, basically have to let go of control. When we are trying to control our child, we're in resistance. Now, if you have a child in resistance and you add on more resistance, you'll either yell or the child will retaliate and there is no connection. Control takes your way out of of connection to your child.
0: Mm.
1: And, you know, I learned this from my parenting and that's that's what led me to conscious parenting is my control and my need to be in control is getting in the way of connecting with my child. Conscious parenting's, you know, main piece is connecting firstly to yourself and then to the child before you. So if you want to have that connection with your child us the parents have to relinquish some of that control and that's not to say there are not boundaries there are not um you know certain rules and certain ways of being in your home or or when you go out but it's not coming from a controlling energy when you're in control um in that energy you will notice the difference in your child and you will see that you're not in your heart when you're in your control you're not in your heart And it is scary because we're letting go of a lot of beliefs and a lot of, you know, shoulds that we've been told as parents. You know, if we don't do that, then maybe they'll grow up and they'll be drinking and, you know, running down uh, delinquent kind of behaviours. And this is where conscious parenting really pulls it back into basics. And, you know, if when you come down to those base elements, it's to be seen, to be heard, to be understood. And when we can start to parent from that, base level and start to connect everything changes your energy changes mm-hmm. the child changes because they mirror that the, there is a dynamic that's shifted so the, there's a power in the parent to shift a lot of the dynamics and that's not going from the traditional model to try and fix the behavior we're doing right. the work
0: right and what i'm hearing
1: you talk about is that
0: the more you try to control them we're they're going to push away from you mm-hmm maybe when they're little, there's a period of time where you can do that. There's actually a time when you don't have control. Even if you perceive that you have control, no matter what you do, you don't have control. If you start this practice early, then when you do get to some of those harder conversations about dating, drugs, alcohol, late nights, Uh you know, making decisions about your future, you have a base there.
1: Mm, Definitely. And look, control is an illusion. We think we have control. In the last few years, we've been shown we don't. So the only thing we can control is within us. It's really looking within. That's the only thing we control. It is a myth to think we can control our children. We can't. We can certainly influence them in certain ways, but the influence has to come from how we're being. It's our beingness because they are watching us and they see when we are saying one thing, doing another, when we, we tell them to get off the screen and we're addicted to our screen, they're watching us. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have influence over your child, it's starting to look at yourself and starting to align to how you want to be and that will be projected and your child will see that and mirror that. And not always, there's there's, children will be children. It depends on what type of child you have. They have their own temperament. They come with this bursting, beautiful essence. Another key piece of conscious parenting is really holding on to that child's essence, because when a child is conforming or feeling like there's fear involved in the parenting, you know, maybe they're going to get punished for something. They don't want to tell the truth. The child will have to close down their true essence, the way they, they are, their real true essence, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So basically, they can't be who they want to be. They, they may not be able to speak up to their parent. And what I have realized and I tell other parents is speaking up to you is a great skill if they can speak up to you and tell you that they don't like that and that's upsetting them and that that's not okay and you know often my children have a point I go yeah that you do have a point that is right Mm -hmm. so when we can allow our children this kind of like playground in parenting to mess up to speak up to be in their truth which often us parents are struggling to be in our truth because we had to conform and we had to be a certain way to be loved, to be liked, to, to um, you know, move through the world. And that's going to mean letting go of control. We're not doing anything to them. We're allowing them to unfold naturally. And this is like nature. Nature unfolds naturally. No one's saying to a tree, quick, grow up, you know, <laughs> build build eight branches and then you're going to be a perfect tree. The tree does what the tree does the the plants grow without you know someone instructing them and so getting curious curious is a big word for a conscious parent because you go oh I wonder what this is about or you know even like down to coloring in like allowing the child to color in outside the lines come on so it's allowing the child to just unfold and then we we become like a guide we're not like at them all the time. We're a guide. We're, we're curious. We're navigating. We're showing ways. We're being certain ways. And we're going to have ups and downs. Um, but it's really getting getting focused in a new way. It, it's looking at your child in a completely different way. They have arrived already knowing. And that's a really different place to parent from.
0: Yeah. And what you're saying to me relates a lot to the research that you see on self-esteem and confidence. Mm -hmm. It's Uh when, when our children are constantly being told that the way they're behaving or the way that they're being is not accepted or okay. Uh Then they, they begin to look a lot at themselves as not being okay, that there Uh is something broken. And Uh I know you do some work around like labels and Uh that's one of those things where if a child hears something enough, then that becomes a part of their truth rather than it being their true essence and what's coming out in them in them as they grow and develop
1: exactly we we box them into this box uh, like that and then they believe that they're not enough which is what we've believed we're not enough we're not okay we can't do it we're not lovable we're not worthy whatever taste or flavor it is
0: mm-hmm.
1: we project our not enoughness our not worthy onto our child and then yeah. that becomes a pattern so i talk about paradigms and patterns habitual ways of being, we pass this pattern on because, you know, they're doing something and it's not the way we like it. But that's the way our parents didn't like it or the parents before didn't like it, you know, our grandparents. Until we go, hang on a minute, like, I want to do something different. Maybe you're dealing with resistance with your child a lot and behaviours and disrespect and all this. Until we do the work, we're always going to be forever trying to fix and change the child. And that only just feeds... They're not enoughness in a child, they're not good enough, they need to go to the next person to get help. And this is where the shift in dynamic happens. And the child just like has freedom. And then the parent has freedom because they realise, wow, I'm not going to screw up my child. I'm just letting them be who they are. If they love, um, you know, collecting, I don't know, rocks and creating stuff out of rocks, that's it. Let's forget about Lego. Let's let them create rock, you know, create Masterpieces out of rocks. When you start to unlayer and unravel and see what's really going on, you can get back to the basics and then it becomes quite easy because there's only a certain things, few things going on and then you know that anything going on with your child is actually about you. So then you bring it back to you and, you know, you don't have to figure it all out and, and change your child and, and try and create something.
0: Yeah. Can you give us an example of what that looks like for a parent? Like mm. what, what do you mean specifically when you say the parent needs to do the work or
1: you bring it back mm-hmm. to you? What does that look like? You, you start to take an in inventory when you're triggered by something. It could not even be a child. It could be a partner. It could be your boss, it could be the lady at, you know, the coffee um, stand, we, we start to look and deconstruct and it's looking at what really is going on. And it's like going down, unlayering kind of to the the onion into what's really the root of what's going on. And generally, the root is going to be one of those themes, uh, not enough, you know, not, not worthy or not lovable. It's going to pop down into one of those themes. And we're always trying to overcompensate not enough feeling, I've got to do more. You know, I've got to go to the party with three different platters. I've got to get my child everything they need because if not, you know, I'm going to feel that feeling of not enoughness. That's going to kick in. So we're always trying to overcompensate. So the work is basically looking at what's going on inside of you. What happened? When my child didn't listen to me or felt like I, they disrespected me, what was i feeling what was really going on when you look at it you know you could feel like i felt not not worthy i felt unlovable i felt unseen i felt you just keep going down and you get, get to the point where it, it always traces back to childhood where there was a moment in time where you trying to get your parents attention and they were so busy and they were workaholics and you never felt seen no one acknowledged you, no one, you know, maybe built you up and and said how amazing you are. That is the inner child. So we we go back into this infantile place. So Mm. we're often parenting from these infantile places. That's when we react. We're parenting from a space of a three-year-old or a 13-year-old, or we're having our own tantrum alongside our child because hang on, listen to me, listen. They're not listening. And this is the beauty of the parent-child relationship you can't say, sorry, you know what, this is really hard. It's not working for me and, and I, I think we need, you need to find another house, another home, <laughs> you know. We're, we're, that's not going to happen. You either, you either go two ways. You either do the work or you just keep projecting and keep telling the child that's not how you behave, go to your room, punish, 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 whatever punishment comes out, you know, take away the iPad, take away the, the thing. But what does that do do you think the child's thinking about what they did no they're thinking about how mean my parent is yeah that that is disconnection conscious parenting doesn't do punishments it does consequences natural consequences and i can guarantee you there's always a consequence that is arriving if you look at like the law of cause and effect which is always going on it's a universal law there always is an effect to their cause there's always something going to happen they don't take their homework in. They fail in some subject. The teacher's going to give them a detention. You, you don't have to do anything to them. The main aim is to stay connected, to allow the child to be who they are. And that and if they don't want to do the sport you want them to do, that's it. They don't want to do it. Yeah. You have to deal with that then because that was maybe one of your dreams that you didn't get to actualize. It's the letting go. And the letting go of, is so deep because... When we're trying to control and contort and, and mold our child into something, the belief is that they're not something already. And this is the thing. They are already something. They arrive already magnificent, already amazing, already beautiful, already divine, already perfect. And when you let go of that, absolutely everything changes. Yeah. And then, of course, you come in and you have boundaries and you, you guide and you, you channel and you support them. But when you see the parenting years as certainly growth for you, because it, it is great growth, if you take that on, but also a space for your child to fall apart, to lose their shit, I don't know if you can say it, um, to, to, <laughs> to forget things, to um, be mean to their sister because this is all part of it, but they're going to learn in the process. We really put a lot of pressure on it on our child, but when you release that pressure, It's like letting go of a balloon goes Mm -hmm. up. Just let's go. You let it go.
0: There's a time and a place for all of that. And then there is moments when children truly need direction Mm -hmm. um, or the impact of their actions or behavior is really great. So what would you say about that for a parent who's maybe dealing with a kid that whatever the, the issue is, it's... Beyond the normal day-to-day parenting mm-hmm. stuff, there's some mm-hmm. real things
1: happening. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, health and safety, the, those are paramount things. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if a child is smoking marijuana and that's not okay. You have to have an intervention. They need therapy. They need support. The parents need support. Behaviour is, the, if you look at the iceberg, behaviour is the tip of the iceberg. Below the iceberg is a need the child's trying to meet. So we want to get curious because, because what's going on the surface, it's not about what's going on the surface, there's something deeper. So that's why the connection, rebuilding connection and, you know, being open and compassionate and heart heart open for the child to reel them in because we want them to be able to fall apart in our presence,
0: mm-hmm. to be
1: okay to speak about some of these hard things they're going through or some of these feelings they have. And that's where we need to create that real uh, open space for discussion. You know, often a child that's punished or scared in in fear of a parent, they can't tell the truth because they know where it's going to go. So having that space where they can speak and tell the truth and that's the most important thing. Um, will allow the child to open up. And maybe they need to open up to someone else. But then that's guiding them in ways. If they've got a problem and it's way too big for them and they don't know what to do, it could be a friendship thing, it could be a, I don't, I don't know, um, uh, what kind of problems do, do your audience children deal
0: with our focus is typically on building resilient families so a lot of this yep. work that we're talking about where you just lay the, the strong foundation we deal with drugs and alcohol substance yep. use yeah. Um, yep. technology that is a big one yep. for parents yep. right now because kids yeah. and us are on our phones yeah. and on technology yeah. and um, stress and anxiety we do yeah. a lot of work around stress and anxiety okay. so
1: there's a lot of uh, anxiety uh, levels in children have increased dramatically Mm -hmm. so for example you know like with technology firstly children can't regulate technology we're giving them the drug and say here regulate they can't regulate technology so there needs to be boundaries strict boundaries around that but their wellness and their brain development can't have a, a portable device all the time they need to have boundaries around that and they're not listening and there's behaviours and possibly addiction to these screens because they're so highly addicted or all these games like Fortnite and, and other um, games that the kids play. I don't know, um, my kids are a bit younger, but I think that's for the older kids. But but even like some of those games that are violent, obviously a parent's discretion to that, these are, these are things that, children need boundaries with they need help with and if that means turning off the wi-fi at 9 p.m or taking the phone away from your child and locking it up overnight because they can't have it in their room that's not control that's actually a boundary for safety and wellness it's a non-negotiable those are things that just how it is they need help with this it's like It's like a younger child. They're not going to go and just necessarily go and brush their teeth. They need reminders. So children with technology need some kind of plan. You work a plan together. What are they wanting? What do you feel is okay? And you come to a negotiation with them. They feel heard and seen and understood by what they need. It might not be exactly what they want, but there's a negotiation going on. And you can say, look, We look at the the, um, evidence, you know, the research. Children shouldn't be having more than, I don't know what it is, two hours a day on a device. Children shouldn't be having a device in their room. The light, the sleep, it's going to be disruptive. And also that means the parent needs to have their own boundaries around their screen time, no screens at meals. I try and be as deliberate as I can. Anytime, you know, we're at sports, they're not going to have a phone. They're not allowed any technology when we're in nature, you have to come up with a plan that, that you feel comfortable with. Yeah. And that
0: strategy of impact is the other one that I think is so important. This is the uh-huh. impact uh-huh. on you, on uh-huh. me, on other people, whether it's a misbehavior or whether it's a boundary. I think that understanding of impact, again, brings them to the level of conversation with you. Where yeah.
1: They're
0: clear and they're part of yeah. the conversation.
1: Exactly. And look, it doesn't mean they're not going to resist and they're not going to rebel and they're not going to push back. The pushing back is really healthy. Uh, You know, it might not be easy for us, the parents, but it is healthy. They're pushing back. They want what they want. They're pushing back. And you just hold that that line. And that's okay. And you talked about the resilience piece and, you know, um, we haven't touched on it yet but about holding space for children's big emotions. Resilience is built from allowing the child to have these emotional experiences, to ride the wave of the emotion and come down back to balance, back to normality kind of thing. Um, And if we, the parent, can't be with our emotions, if we numb out, if we watch Netflix, if we eat and drink and can't hold our own emotional space and just be with that, it's very hard to hold space for the child, we want to fix it. We want to, you know, oh, it's okay. You're, oh, you're fine. You know, we say all this stuff. When we just zip it and just allow and be in that space, allowing our child to melt down and get angry and get upset in a obviously a safe way, that is building resilience. They're learning. I don't need to be scared of my emotions. I can feel my emotions. And obviously we can show them ways to move through their emotions. And, and you know, like for, for my child, for my son in particular, I talk about the red flags. Like, has anything triggered you, a little red flag? And if we talk about it or if you breathe and slow down and relax and, and you know, don't hit that fight, flight, freeze zone. The next red flag isn't going to accumulate and we're not going to have this big volcano erupting and go from zero to ten in one sec, nanosecond. So as they get older, you can have these conversations and show them, you know, meditation or breathing exercises to calm their nervous system so they don't have to go into a big full-blown tantrum. But the younger years, the, the younger kids, allowing holding that space for them, you know, um, depending on your child, like, you know, some t- children don't want to be touched. Some need to be held. Um, you find what works for your child. You must attune to the child. It's not someone telling you what you should be doing here, this, this and this. It is this unique t- child. You know, if you have more than one, you're going to realise that they're all different and they need different things and they need you to be different with them. Some want a hug, some when they're upset, some want you to leave, move away and go away and leave them alone. It's attuning to that child and meeting what that child needs. So if they need space, they need space. And that means us, the parents, have to deal with not being needed. (laughs) So, you know, there's, there's there's the work to be done because if we don't move through these feelings and things that come up, guaranteed we're going to take action from that space, that childlike space, that infantile space often maybe many of your your um, listeners, uh, definitely in my generation, go to your room. You're upset, go to your room. No one held space there. No, no one. I didn't know what to do with my emotions. It was just go to your room. And I, I believed emotions were bad. I believed it's not good to get angry. Whereas angry, an emotion not to be scared of, it's letting out stuff. And when yeah. they come home, they, they may need to release out of their nervous system some of all this holding. They're holding, holding, holding. And they want to let go, you know. Sure, show them how to let go of, you know, certain pent-up energy. I've got, we've got a boxing, um, you know, bag. You know, if my kids want to go there, they can just let it out and say what they want, let it out on the boxing thing, not on each other. Um, <laughs> so you yeah. find what works for you, but that's, that's where allowing them to just deal with their emotions, let, mm. let go and decombust, you know, just poof, come home. Well,
0: while we're talking about emotions, because we focus on stress and anxiety and, you know, our children have certainly lived through a very unique and challenging time mm-hmm. and they're still living through it. But let's just talk a little bit about that. What stress and anxiety, yeah. what the current times hold for our children and how mm. we as parents can help them navigate that.
1: Yeah, well, you know, firstly, there is a lot going on out there. There's a lot of fear mongering. There's a lot of, um, you know, things to be scared of as a child, in particular, depending on the age of your child. I certainly would not advocate children watching any news whatsoever. Sure, they're going to hear things through kids, they're going to hear, and then that's a conversation to have. But it's also being aware of where are you coming from? If you're coming from fear about it, you're going to just pass on fear to your child. So, the parent becoming really responsible and aware and conscious to how they deal with life, how they look at stuff, how are they stressed out? Like, you know, is the morning time a really stressful time? So, that's the first port of call the parent becoming aware of where they're stressed and where they're fearful because it's, it's, it, you're in the like an incubator at home, they just absorb it. Children absorb how you are being um, and then looking at you know anxiety for children meditation is certainly a, a great practice to get younger kids into to just sit for five minutes and focus on their breathing I do tapping with my children if there's something you know um, they're worrying about uh, we, we just tap through that and that allows them to release release it from their body and just you know not think about it but I've worked with a few clients, children, actually, that have had uh, high levels of anxiety. It it is hard to get help for children. Um, My uh, teacher that I studied with conscious parenting, she wrote a great book um, on anxiety for children. It's actually a book for children called Superpowered. I can give you the details later. But it's for children. It's sitting with that anxiety it's feeling that anxiety it's not being scared of that anxiety because anxiety is something and stress it is part of what we're going to experience it, of course not the heightened anxiety that's debilitating but it's being with that anxiety noticing the thoughts the thoughts are creating the feelings that are creating the actions creating the anxiety so starting to get the child to become aware of what they're thinking about and empowering the child to notice when they are having those worrying thoughts and anchor them back onto their breath or start to focus on a different thought what can really help is them saying i'm safe i'm i'm loved i'm safe finding safety in the moment right now and mm-hmm. it's also life has experiences you know and and, you know, there's, there's ups and there's downs and there's going to be good feelings. There's going to be bad feelings. There's going to be feelings that are challenging. There is going to be sometimes I go to an exam and I'm anxious. And on the other side of anxiety, the same kind of feeling in the body is excitement. So you can even, like, trick your body, your, your mind to go, maybe I'm excited about that. Maybe there's something there. Maybe, um, you know, often uh, speakers that go on stage you know, use that technique to get excited. There, there's nerves, but that's also excitement. Um, so, yeah, with children, it's it's really being with them in the moment of that feeling, of that anxiety, and also understanding what's their processing. How are they thinking? Because that thinking is there's a loop. It's feeding the feeling and emotion. And when you can disrupt that loop, you're going to shift. Everything has a positive in it there's always a positive and a negative that's the law of um, polarity so teasing apart what is the positive because on the flip side there's always the opposite just like the coin there's the opposite of the coin that's like kind of growth mindset stuff starting to have those conversations because you are planting seeds in your child's mind and when you start to plant them and when you start to water them and they'll grow you've got to do it though you got to go Oh, you know, I just got cut off at traffic, but you know what? We're on time. You know, you got to start to do it as well because the child's going to see you doing it and they're going to pick it up. It's really perspective is a really big thing for parents and, and children can learn that too. I mean, I often things I say and then all of a sudden my son or my daughter will say it and I'm like, oh, you know, oh, I know where they got that from. They've heard it a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They're really picking up stuff. They're picking up our energy and they're going to match it
0: How do you think that adults need to show up for young people? Mm,
1: mm, mm -hmm. The best way for anyone to show up in the world is to be the best you, you can be to really do that. The work we're going to mess up. But when you mess up, you repair it, you go back, you say, you know what? I messed up. You're right. I'm forgetful. And I told you not to be forgetful and I'm forgetful all the time. You acknowledge, you take responsibility. So that would be one thing. It's taking responsibility for yourself. We're not creating what we want all the time. We're creating what we're how we're being. It's the energy. It's the energy behind it. Um, so getting back to basics and understanding yourselves: why you do certain things, why you think certain things, why why do you act in certain ways with your child? Do you um, you know struggle to connect? Why are you always uh, in doing mode why are you never being with them why can you not sit with them why do you always have to take the lead and control and so it would be really looking at why you do what you do why are you being that way what energy do you come to your child with is it an energy of openness of acceptance of mm-hmm. compassion or is it energy of fixing trying to make them do something nagging many parents complain that you know that my child doesn't do what I want them to do da da, da, da. And, yeah, that's children. Like we signed up for this thing called parenting. Children are messy. Children aren't going to listen. Children aren't going to do as you say um, unless you have a complete conformed child. So it's taking responsibility for what we signed up for. That, yeah, the room will be messy. So how do I get my child to clean their room? How? Let's get creative. <laughs> you got to get creative because if you're not punishing and you're not rewarding And if you're not doing any of those kind of um, parenting techniques (laughs) or strategies to get your child to do what you want, uh, you have to get creative. So with my children, they know how it feels in a clean room. So when they clean their room, I make them realize, wow, look at your room. How does it feel? It's not messy. How does it feel? And I connect them to the feeling. And that doesn't mean to say their room won't get messy again, but they clean it up. I'm not always telling them. I might go, you know, don't forget your rooms are looking a bit messy, but I'm not going, you need to clean your room, you need to clean your room, you need to clean your room, you can't do this because before you do your room, can't, you know, you can't do that before you clean your room. You're going ha- to find some themes. You're going to find some, some ways of being, some patterns of behaviour. And, and you probably already know, many parents already know, it's just then admitting to yourself, we've got all these voices in our head going off and none of these voices are ours. They're our parents or our caregivers.
0: I think you said something really important earlier when you talked about patterns. I think it's important to know that it's a process. You have to uncover it and you have to practice it.
1: Exactly. But it is a quick process because once you know your pattern of behavior, whatever is going on, once you know, you can't mm-hmm. unknow. So you're like, when it shows up, you're like, no, I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. Oh, I'm doing it. I said, and then you have to have discipline and will to go, no, but What helps me is that firstly, the forefront of my mind is I know my children are with me for a very short amount of time. The influence I can have and how I'm being, short amount of time. It's just like go, like they're, they're out of the house, they're 18, they're off. You're like, where did it go? So that pulls me back in. To go, right, this moment is very important. This moment is precious. As they get older, they're going to go out more into the world and this is the time. I don't want to waste this time. Mm -hmm. So that really pulls me in, just being very aware that also I'm growing. Wow, this is an opportunity for me as well. When you make a decision with such intensity and energy, you go, no more, I'm not going to do the yelling anymore, I'm not doing it anymore, you'll watch things will shift. You start to take a moment-by-moment approach you're not heading out into the future. You're not heading back of what you did. You let it go the past. It's gone. You're now just taking this moment. This moment is the most important moment with my child and the next moment, most important with my child. I love that. it, yeah. That's a really grounding place to be. As we wrap mm. up, what would you like to leave parents with? Um, we live in a fast paced world. So much distraction, mass distraction when we can get back to the basics like three things what am I going to focus on focus determines your, where your energy is going so if you were to focus on just three things with your child with your life start to master them not get distracted by all the new stuff and this and that the gadgets and the, whatever's going on the new parenting model just get back into the basics and what is is important for you and put your energy into the, that is important. So if connection is important for your you and your child, how do you have to be? We can't be in control. You're going to disconnect. How do I have to be? Does that mean I need to do some one-on-one child, time with my child? Do I need to reestablish the ropes of connection, get them stronger again, get the, my child feeling that trust with me again, that, that they've got a safe space to fall apart with me, that I'm not going to get angry when they break a cup or they spill the milk, I'm not going to yell at them that we all spill stuff, that life is messy. That's okay. So building that, what your core beliefs, you know, how you really want to live your life. If I know that everything that is on the outside of me and that's triggering me has nothing to do with everything on the outside and it's all me, ah, then I have freedom from all the stuff, all the people, all the, the drama. I can go, okay, what is it about me? And that brings your power back and then you're empowered to empower your child mm. to do the same. You know, and then the last thing would be self-care as your mm. podcast is you know, filling up your well. You can't give back from an empty well. You can't give to your child something that you don't already possess. Self-care for me is also self-acceptance of all the parts that make up me that I don't always like, the judgmental part, the, the part that's critical, loving on all of those parts and that doesn't mean that those parts are in the driver's seat, that they're running the show, that they're gonna be, they're gonna be there, but I'm loving them, but I'm not gonna take action with them. Do you see the difference? Mm-hmm. You can love them, but it doesn't mean I'm acting on them. Because right. we're conditioned, our mind is a program. We're gonna have judgmental thoughts. And this is where you become more empowered. And you won't get, you won't go back to those helplessness, hopelessness moments anymore, because you go, oh no, it's me. It's a wonderful place to stand in, right? Yeah, yes. It makes everything a little bit more enjoyable. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, freedom.
0: Freedom. Exactly. If you want
1: more freedom,
0: this this is the way to go. Yeah.
1: You let everything go. You let go of all of that. There's there is great freedom, and and life is a different journey it's it's more of interesting and curious and it, it becomes um a dance I always like to say it's like a dance and that's not to say you don't have your own rituals and 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 um structures that doesn't mean that the the mind needs structure the law of order for the mind to get focused it needs structure if it's chaotic energy is just all over the place and chaotic means more chaotic children probably <laughs> <laughs> right They are
0: chaotic. (laughs) It's been a really fun conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. And I'm excited to share this with our parents and our community. I will put information about websites and things like that. But is there any other contact information or things that you want to share about you or how people can reach out to you?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, there's a few things. I I just uh, co-authored in a a group book for mums that's called Dear Mama self-care letters from one mother or mama to another. So that's in Booktopia, Dear Mama. And mama's spelled (laughs) M-A-M-M-A. And then I am doing a challenge the end of next month um, in my Facebook group called um, Five Day Chaos to Calm Challenge where I'll be running through a lot of this inner work from chaos in the mind and all the, the reaction, reactivity, to more of a calm space to parent the child before you without all the stuff going on um, inside of you. (laughs) And then I do have on my website a few freebies. Uh, I do 30-minute discovery calls if you want to have a chat and see if parent coaching could be a fit for you. Uh, And then um, I also have a free 12 Days of Presence program where you can just pop your email in and you get a PDF PDF a focus each day of how you can get more present in your life and with your child. And it can also reestablish more connection because there's some one-on-one time in there and, and some fun tasks to do. And it's very short, very doable. So
0: yeah. Great. Well, I will put those in the show notes. Um, thank you for sharing that with us.
1: Thank you, Shelly, it for having you so great to talk. Thank you. Yeah. Great, great to be here. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, um, see how people experience the conscious parenting and
0: Before we go, I do want to say a quick thank you to one of our sponsors, Elevation's Credit Union. Um, Thank you so much for your generous generous support. And if this conversation inspired you, please do check out our website, see what else we have going on. That's at www.penb, as in boy, v as in victor.org. And on the website, there's also opportunities for you to get involved. So you can make a donation, you can become a monthly donor, you can be a sponsor, or you can volunteer your time if that's something that inspires you. Thank you so much. We hope this conversation has uh, been interesting and filled your parenting well, and that the information and insights that are shared here today will support you in raising healthy, happy humans. It's an honor to have you join us. And until next time, happy parenting.